Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right, hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Grecian's Gossip. Uh, I'm joined by David Byram. Hello. Jimmy Hawkins. Hi. Dan Clark. Hello. And Ollie Heptonstall. Hello. Um, plenty to discuss in this week's show, so we'll uh, we'll make a, a start. Um, Swindon away, one-one draw for Exeter City. Um, David, Ollie, and Jamie are all at the game. David, I'll, I'll start with you. One-one. What do you think the City will make of that? Uh, on balance, probably a, a, a fair result because you know Exeter started strongly and they they had some decent chances. Um, but uh, Swindon came back into it in the second half, switched formation up and made four-four-two. Which City seemed to struggle with being with, but you know, then they switched to 4 3 3 and ended strongly. So, I mean, if, if, if either team were gonna make a case of winning it, it would have been Exeter, but um, I think I think Swindon were probably on balance good value for a point. But you know, it's another another good performance by City, which at this stage of the season is what, what matters, really. Mm. Tisdale seemed to think he should have had two penalties in two seconds, which uh, was quite an issue. Would you want to explain that and whether you agree with that or not? Um, yeah, so, I mean, look, looking back, at, I honestly didn't notice at the time, to be honest, but um, uh, I think it was Pierce Sweeney had a header cleared off the line uh, and it was a, a sea of bodies in there and it, apparently it hit a Swindon player's hand on the line. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if you can blame the ref too much for not noticing that. Um, but then uh, David Wheeler then tried to kick the ball towards goal, and um, he uh, he was taken out by some by a player trying to block it. And it's quite a heavy tackle on the knee actually, and it, it is you know it pulls it, it out. Did say anywhere else on the pitch that's a free kick or a foul, uh, and I probably agree because it was a horrible tackle. It wasn't really a tackle to block, and you know you, you make a case that that should be a penalty all day long. To be honest, I think. City can feel quite hard done by there, and uh, to the on the referee's performance, I've, I've not seen a worse refereeing performance in quite a while. Really, not bad. Really bad. You know, there was a time in the second half that Swindon player went down injured, and um, so when Lee Holmes had the ball by the corner flag and on City attack, uh, and a Swindon player went down injured in the box, referee blew because it was a head injury, which is fair enough. You know, he, he, he has the right to do that. But then um, the Swindon player didn't need treatment, which I thought, well, he could just be making a case that he's fallen down there. But then um, then the ref, for some reason, gives an uncontested drop ball to Swindon and allows them to, to just play on, despite the fact City are on the attack. And, yeah, it was just, honestly, he just lost total control of the game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't impressed at all. It's a bit of a tangent, but, I mean, there has been that accusation in the past, hasn't there, that City perhaps are almost a bit too nice, perhaps aren't quite savvy enough, or could almost do it being a little bit more sort of devious in terms of working out. I mean, Jamie, I don't know, you've watched City for plenty of years. Do you think there's something in that? Or? Um, it crops up every now and again. Yeah, it you know? does, yeah. Now and again, I think, you know, I think, I think you've got some players in there that like to, to get stuck in and get involved, like Ruben Reid always likes to have a word with players and officials as well, um, you know, Jake Taylor, David Wheeler as well, but you know, should it be down to them really, it 
surely down to the, the officials to, to make the right calls. It's their job, isn't it? Um, you know, like David said, <laughs> shocking officiating Saturday. Poor sportsmanship as well by Swindon. Um, you know, and when the game goes on and these decisions don't go your way, you start fearing the worst. And, you know, obviously Swindon um, got the equaliser and you, st you start thinking, oh, it's going to be a bit of an onslaught then. But, you know, I think we dealt with the, the equaliser pretty well, handled the pressure well. Obviously, the, the home crowd were getting right behind them. and But, you know, we we kept attacking and, you know, could have nicked it at the end. Um, that was a very good game again, you know, all the games this season have been pretty entertaining so far. Um, I guess, you know, the only thing is failing perhaps to convert the chances still, creating lots of chances, but not taking many, um, which, you know, it's a bit of a worry, I suppose, but, you know, there's definitely, definitely a lot of um, positives to take once again. Mm. Oh. Uh, Ollie, what did you, what did you make of the, the performance and the result, given to how Exeter played in the, the other games this season as well? Yeah, I thought um, the Cambridge game we were good. Charlton, maybe a bit unlucky, but I thought they they played well. But um, on Saturday, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, early on, made chances. Lee Holmes, Ruben Reed, Liam McAlinden linking up well. And I think um, might be a bit disappointed uh, to go in 1-0 at half-time. Maybe could have got another one but um, Wheeler went off at half time and I think we struggled a little bit after that at the start of the second half but uh, then Jack Sparks came on and I think we'll discuss him shortly he was he was terrific mm, yeah mentioned David Wheeler I mean Dan if Tisdale was said he was fairly unsure I think I'm right saying David in terms of how well he might be out for and didn't sound overly optimistic about this weekend, would you say? I'm, I'm not sure, but um, purely from what I saw from him. I mean, I mean, in fairness, the, the Paul Tisdale I spoke to him on Monday morning, and he probably, you know, you got a bite of swelling and stuff like that to go down. So, mm. you know, there's every chance he could be fit on Saturday, but at the same time, you, mm. you probably better to pass him as a doubt because you just don't know. Yeah, he'd be a miss, wouldn't it, Dan, if, if he's out for any time? You'd think so, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've lost Ollie Watkins and his 20 plus goals from last season, and He's already 10% of the way there to, for matching that for Brentford, his couple he's got this season already. So uh, to lose the 20 goals of David Wheeler as well would put a big hole in that the attacking side of the, the team. And you could see from the, the Charlton game when he, he didn't play, sort of often Christy Pym was launching those long balls out to the right-hand side where you just instinctively think, well, Wheeler will win that, he'll knock the header down and, and you're in. And obviously it was somebody else out on the right hand side some Lee Holmes was playing out there a little bit and just wasn't winning you know wasn't winning the headers he wasn't getting those easy you know just the long ball launched upfield just to you know get rid of all the pressure you're under sort of you know switch game from back to front quickly and it's not just that he just adds a little bit you know an extra aerial threat he adds I think defenders are a little bit scared of him the way you know he end, he's played the last couple of seasons the number of goals he's got in that you know, you almost go in for thinking the left back knows he's going to be in for a pretty torrid time and can't really afford to just bomb forward and everything. Which perhaps if I don't know, you know, someone like Jake Taylor, you know, moved out to the right hand side, for a different prospects, a different style of player that you know, you know he, it's not perhaps as threatening initially to the opposition as as David Wheeler is. But you know, he would be you know a big loss to the side. You know, if he isn't available it's not just the goals it's everything else he seems to seems to offer as well and you know you sort of think well who's isn't who's the natural replacement and 
you're looking at you know you either got you either sort of playing Jake Taylor out of position or Jack Sparks and you know, it's a, you know he's looked fantastic and everything we've seen of him in pre-season he looked really good off the bench at Swindon but you know to be relying on you know, I don't know whether it's a it's a big ask for a 16 year old to go straight into the team as a you know, particularly replacing someone like Wheeler who was as good as last season but everything we've seen from Jack Sparks so far suggests he gets a challenge he meets the challenge he rises to it and continues to impress so be a, I wouldn't expect him to, to perhaps start on Saturday but you, you'd think he'll be in the squad again he'll be you know, definitely looking to come on and Exeter need a goal to chase the game and you know you see the way you've seen him play you could easily see him getting those goals Mm. Ollie, you were saying you were impressed by Jack Sparks when you saw him. Yeah, he was he was terrific actually. Yeah, we were, we were struggling a little bit um, when Wheeler went off, struggling to create chances down the wing. But Jack Sparks came on and he just shows no fear, doesn't he? And it's a bit like Ethan Ampadu when he played against Brentford and Hull last last year. We all thought, blimey, this kid's going to be this kid's going to be special. And it was the same feeling when when we saw Sparks, brilliant shot onto the post and. Yeah, it's just great to see another young player come through the ranks, really. Mm. David, I mean, from what you've seen of him, do you think he could? It's very early days, obviously, but you think he could make an impact? I think so, yeah. I mean, as Ollie said, you know, he reminded me of Ethan Abdu in a way because um, he just sort of slotted into a, to, into the adult adult football, senior football, and, you know, he didn't look 16. He just looked, It just looked natural to him. And when that happens, you think, you know, this, this kid's got something, to be honest. And, again, you know, I remember... Paul Tizel speaking about Ethan Ampadu last season and saying that, you know, in England, a young player, we, we fancy young players to sort of be quick and, and be quite, uh, quite not fiery as such, but, you know, just explode into a game. But even Jack Sparks, he's got that intelligence, you know, he was dropping dropping deep to get the ball and take it uh, and sort of take it to meet defenders head on, that sort of thing. And it was, you know, I was, it was a really impressive, intelligent performance, I thought, and, you know, I'm lucky enough to score a winner. Mm. Jamie, could you see Tiz dropping him straight in there at the weekend if Wheeler isn't fit? Or? Um, well, he did enough on, on Saturday to, to start. He was absolutely superb when he came on. You know, to, to have that confidence at 16 to run at you know, senior defenders, I don't know how old they were, but quite a bit older than him, I imagine. And you know, to cut inside and have shots, I already said that one that hit the post, absolutely superb. Um, will he start Saturday? It's, it's going to be a big ask for him still, I think, you know, despite how well he's done. It's, um, but, you know, if, if Wheeler's out, who else is there, I guess? You know, you've obviously got you know, McAlinden and Holmes, but, you know, they play on the left. Um, I think they play on the right a few times as well. But, you know, I think, for me, I think Sparks has done enough, given that performance at Swindon to, to start. Um, he'll be in the squad, I imagine, at least on the bench. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd like him to, to start at against Lincoln because you know, he's definitely got something. Mm, sure. Perhaps, um, what do you think, kind of home home match against, um, on paper, perhaps one of the weaker oppositions in the league would be a good opportunity for him to do so? I think you're doing Lincoln a big disservice. I stress on paper because uh, I think, I think they, they've certainly, um, they've got a lot of, um, well, the fans haven't they? They've, they've won over a lot of people, I think. So. Well, yeah, you don't, you don't make the FA Cup quarter final mm. without, without having something. <laughs> true, yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> Although, I mean, in, in the division, I don't, I'm not sure, I'm nearly you know, promoted and whatnot. So. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll speak about Lincoln later, mm. but I'm a massive fan of their manager as well. I, I remember him managing in the conference. South, he took a team up to mm. 
uh, Conquer Rangers up three promotions in about four years or something like that. Um, he, you know, but um, I think it depends really because Lincoln are quite a physical side as well. You know, they they got they play it long from that read that sort of thing. Um, so I think it, you know, it, it perhaps depends. You know, do we want to expose a sixteen-year-old to that sort of physical style of play when he, he's perhaps not, perhaps not had something like that before? I mean, with Ethan Ampadu, it works okay, but you know, he again, he was a different type of player to Jack Sparks. He was a lot more about reading the game and defensively that sort of thing. Whereas Jack Sparks is more about getting on the ball and you know taking on his man. And you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to suggest Lincoln would, but you know, they could kick him out of the game or something like that. So. Yeah, the natural other replacement out on that right wing, Jake Taylor probably will you know, would play out there if it's not Jack Sparks, and he's more than capable of handling himself in a in a physical battle. You know, get stuck in. I mean, he even managed to get you know, suspended last year for accumulation of yellow cards, which I can't remember the last time an Exeter City player had that happen to them. Which sort of shows that you know, if Lincoln want to target players, get stuck and turn into a physical fight, then. You know, extra, perhaps, you know, particularly with Tilson in that midfield as well. They've actually got the players to handle themselves, which perhaps a couple of years ago you wouldn't have said that, you know, if the game turned into a physical slugfest, you'd always fancy the opposition. But now you can sort of see, you know, like Troy Brown in the side as well, Jordan Moore Taylor, the players who will get stuck in, will, you know, happy to dish it out back to the opposition a little bit. And, you know, you can almost, you know, you don't want the game to end up in. You know, to turn out to one of those kind of, you know, you know, long lots of long balls, lots of challenges flying in, sort of not really any kind of rhythm to it. But Exeter can handle themselves in those games and come out on top against, you know, sides who on paper might look a little bit more physical, but Exeter can can deal with them. Mm-hmm. We've also had a question in from um, uh, Exeter City Poll to our Twitter. He's asked whether this season could be something of a breakthrough season for Liam McAlinden. Um Oli, thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I hope so. He's certainly playing a lot more this year than he did last year when he was mostly on the bench. So, um, yeah, I think he does need to improve in a couple of areas. Um, needs to toughen up a bit, I think. He gets shrugged off the ball a little bit too easily and League Two is quite a physical league, so might need to toughen up. And also, uh, when he when he runs, he tends to have his head down a little bit and there were a couple of times on Saturday where there was a through ball on for, for Ruben Reed or Lee Holmes. So, a couple of things for him to work on, but... You know, I think he'll only get better as the season progresses. Mm. He's, had, he's you know, started all the games this season and he's got that one goal against Swindon, which is, I think is quite crucial for him to get off the mark, get an early goal, because you know, the first two games against Cambridge really could have had a hat-trick, missed two or three really good chances in that game. And then again against, against Charlton, he had a couple of good chances, had a really good one-on-one with the keeper which would have killed off the tie, didn't take it, and Charlton came back, and you sort of feel he needed that goal because he, you know, he's got having lots of good chances. You just you don't want to keep missing chances as a striker. He's got that goal now, and hopefully that will you know, boost his confidence, keep it, keep that confidence high, and will perhaps, you know, if he take, gets the same kind of chances against Lincoln that he's had in the first couple of games of the season, this time he'll find the back of the net rather than you know, making the keeper make a good save or putting it wide because you know, it didn't cost extra against Cambridge the chances he missed arguably it did against Charlton because if he scores that one on one it's 2-0 City are through as in the end he misses the chance Charlton get the goals back and, and win the game yeah it was a it was a good finish on Saturday though I thought because it came off the post quite quickly and he had to react and it wasn't it wasn't on the ground and it wasn't right up in the air so he had to adjust quite quickly and he 
he did well. You know, seen seen that often, and a lot of players would maybe spoon it over the bar. So yeah, he did well. Mm. I'll be interested if he starts this this weekend or not. Um, Dave, you caught up with Paul Tisdale, didn't you? Both looking back at the Swindon game and uh, head to Lincoln. So if you have listened to what uh, what Tis has to say about that, yeah, really good performance. Um, shame we didn't make three points, but it was a it was a uh, a good uh, certainly a good uh, performance, but. Uh, could easily have produced the win, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I'm very pleased with the way players like themselves and that's uh, yeah, an encouraging start to the season. And uh, I suppose that's three solid performances in a in a row now. So I, I guess you're just looking to to take that into Lincoln on Saturday. Yeah, I mean you take every game in isolation, and you have to you have to uh, you know study the merit of the opposition, um, which we will do against Lincoln, but uh, we must take heart from you know, how well we've quitted ourselves so far, um, but of course take nothing for granted as well, you know, it's uh, the line that's so fine between failing and, and uh, succeeding that we need to uh, you know, start in the same manner that we have approached the last three games against Lincoln. And uh, I mean, I, I suppose Lincoln need to need to the division, but um, I, I suppose probably most teams will be aware of their threats after their uh, FA Cup run last season. Well, I mean, even even you know, even uh, without the FA Cup exploit last year, any side that wins the conference must be taken um, seriously and. We've seen over the last ten years or so, any team, any team coming out of the conference instantly has a degree of um, competency and strength that they roll over into the, the league two season. Um, so, even without looking directly at thinking, we should we should hold. Um, the winners of the conference with you know, a, a high regard of respect because you know it, it's a tough, tough league to win um, or get promoted from, and if you keep your side together, which they have, and the same manager, um, there will be a, a degree of momentum which follows over, and uh, I don't think we can. We can do anything but look at them as a, you know, as a top half of the table team, just based on, just based on, you know, the the the, history, the recent history of those teams. So, I would imagine it would be a very tough game. We will, of course, look at their strengths and weaknesses. We do every team, um, and we will try our best to you know, give ourselves the best chance of winning. But uh, under no illusions, it will be a difficult game. And uh, how are the injuries to, to David Wheeler and Ryan Harley? Well, both are contact injuries. Uh, I, I can't call on David Wheeler yet because he came off at half-time on Saturday and that will clearly take a while to settle down. So, I don't know if you answer that. Um, the Ryan Harley making slow progress. Again, he's now been off, he's, he's now been off beat for a week training. 
progress, but it's just uh, whether he will be in a you know fit state to train ahead of the game on Saturday. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but I, I suppose you know that those sorts of injuries do give opportunities to, to other players, like perhaps uh, you know Jack Spark coming off the bench. Um, perhaps if Ryan Harley wasn't fit, he might not have been in in the team. Um, and uh, he he performed well on, on on Saturday, didn't he? Yeah, you you have a, you have squad of players, and uh, you know Jack has elevated himself into the squad to his performance in training, so he was deserving of a place on the bench. And did obviously well when he came on. I certainly wouldn't have put him on the pitch, but I didn't think he was up to it. Uh, and he showed instantly that you know he's uh, he can play at the level even at 16. So uh, well done to him. But uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to get all the players fit and, 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 and ready for action on Saturday. If they're not, then you know we have to uh, we have the best team and bench. Well, that was Paul Tisdale there talking um, talking about Swindon and also looking ahead to the Lincoln game. Dave, you think Lincoln will be a tough tough, tough test for City this weekend? I think so, yeah. As I said, uh, Danny Cowley's a good manager and they strengthened uh, strengthen well this summer. They brought in a, a Michael Boswick, who was Peterborough's player of the season last season and would have stayed there, but he didn't want to sign a new contract and they had a year left, so they wanted to get some money for him. Um, and you know, I, I think they'll they'll be the sort of style of play that perhaps City have struggled against in the past. You know, that sort of long ball style. But I think you know, Troy Brown, Jordan Moore, Taylor probably better equipped to deal with that than perhaps some of City's uh, past defenders have been. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it'll be an easy game. I think it'll, you know, they, I think Lincoln will be a sort of solid, solid prospect to be honest. Nothing, nothing too exciting or attacking. But um, I, I, I do rate them quite highly. Mm. Jamie, can you see Tiz changing things up much in terms of his lineup? Um, well, he, you know, he named a, a strong team against Charlton, made a couple of changes, and um, similar team um, at Swindon last Saturday. You know, Ruben Reeves starting um, all the games. He hasn't really done that uh, for a while since he's been at the club. You know, obviously, towards the end of last season, he's more of a, a super sub, if you like. Um, Obviously, there's going to be a few that you think we force if Wheeler's going to be going to be out. Um, I'd imagine, you know, obviously, Christy Payne will retain his place. I think he's done well enough to, to keep um, in goal. Back four will probably stay the same. Um, so, no, I can't actually imagine that many changes. You know, we've had a week's break. Um, and obviously, I think it's next Tuesday, the Checker Train game. Oh, is it? Okay. I was going to say, Mike Rest. Okay. Got another week in between anyway, you know, seven days, and you feel, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, it's been a, it's a reasonably hectic August with a lot of games, you know, cup competitions, but it feels the Czech Trade Trophy, home to Yeovil, will be the one that you might make, you know, you'll make probably as many changes as you're allowed to under the competition's rules and the likes of, you know, Ruben Reed will, you know, possibly be rest, and that one allows it. You know, maybe Robbie Simpson, Ryan Brunt to get starts up front. You know, you can bring you know, Luke Kroll in at the back you know, as well. You know, some options to bring a few players in. So there's no, you know, you really shouldn't be you know, three eight, three weeks into the season. You shouldn't be having to to make changes due to, to rest players because you know, the sheer number of games that you should, you'd hope for off the back of a good pre-season, for a long, fairly long pre-season that. 
everyone you know is at the fitness required that they can still play two games in a week if if they needed to actually need to at this stage but you, know, you can't see you know looking at the squad there's not a massive amount of players you'd look at the bench and go well they 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 should come in they've done enough to get in i mean particularly with still a few injuries around Dean Moxie, Ryan Harley, David Wheeler, all sort of doubts for the game, just put it, you know, stretch that squad just a little bit more. So you'd think probably an unchanged lineup, depending on fitness of Wheeler or whether he wants to bring Jake Taylor back into the starting lineup, either ahead of, say, I don't know, Holmes or McAlinden or possibly Tilson or James in the midfield. But that's really the only you know, question mark of, you know, it will be 11 from those 12, you would think, barring any unforeseen injuries. Mm. I'll throw this open to the floor, but how important is it to, to get a result against Link? I mean, it certainly seems to be a positive start in the hole from City, you know, obviously home win against Cambridge and, and that sort of thing, but is there a feeling that, you know, obviously a win would, would leave them looking very healthy at this early stage of the season, but a defeat might sort of undermine what's been a promising start so far? Yeah, I think it's important to stay unbeaten at home um, and, and for the season as a whole in the league. So I don't think a win is, you know, it's not a must-win game, but certainly they'll want to keep the momentum going slightly. And yeah, it's always important to win your home games, I think. Mm-hmm. Cool. Jamie? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've, I haven't really heard much criticism or negativity from the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, you know, that the Charlton League Cup defeat, it was... More gutting, I think, to go out, but Charlton are a better team. There's not much you can do against higher league opposition. You know, from the fans that have seen all the games, Cambridge like played very well, might have been hanging on a bit, but, you know, I guess the only thing is not taking the chances. And Swindon last week, similar story, but, you know, it was a very good point for a team that will probably be, be up there this season. And, you know, Lincoln, I think they're a good team, like Dave says, you know, History shows promoted teams always do well and need to. Um, a lot of them always challenge, you know, for automatic back-to-back promotions like I City did. So I think you know to win it would really put a, a strong statement out there because you know you look at the other teams and Luton have done well, but Mansfield have made a you know hit and miss start. They're the league favourites, um, so it would put a, a strong statement out there because I think. A lot of people know about Lincoln after what happened last season. They've a lot of neutrals have, have warmed to them, so I probably want them to do well again. Um, you know, I, I I don't think it's like a you know a must-win situation at all. Obviously, we've already had that home win. We want to keep the run going, of course. But um, you know, I think the performances have been good enough um, to to suggest that it will be a, another good performance and result on Saturday. I think it's only Coventry who won their first two games of the season and that sort of suggests shows there's a lot of sides in the division who there might not be a lot between them, you know, anyone can take points off anywhere, any stage. If you can just, you know, get some early wins, get ahead of the you know, the gap, you know, almost if you sort of be six games into the season, four wins, two draws, something along those lines, you'll you sort of feel you're gonna be up in around up around the top three in the promotion spots with maybe a little bit of a gap to sides looking back which you can then sort of use that as a springboard just to, you know, to if you can get ahead of the you know the league it can really help because you know 
like a little bit like Doncaster last season. They sort of fell away at the end of the season and their form sort of almost collapsed off a cliff, but they were so far ahead that it didn't actually matter in the end. They, was, they still went up, even though because of their, you know, they got the points on the board early. I suppose at the end of the season, it doesn't matter where you've got those points. If you, you get the points early when other teams are still trying to make signings, trying to work out what their best 11 is, fitting all the new players into the side. You know, extra, having, having not really had done too much business over the summer, they've got a settled side. Paul Tisdale knows what his best 11 is. And it's a chance to sort of you know, steal a march on everyone else and sort of pick up pick up some early points this season. It's not the toughest start to the season. I think it's Cheltenham away, I think, the following week. And that's one you'd probably look at, look at and go, well, should be getting three points there, really. And then you can sort of be near the top of the table and you know, set yourselves up as, well, we're the ones that clubs are going to have to chase and go from there. So I guess. Well, I mean, I'll ask uh, everyone for predictions. I mean, David, how can you see the weekend panning out? I think uh, it'll be tough, but I think 2-1 to, to uh, well, Exeter City. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie? Um, I don't know, it's going to be a tough game. Um, not many goals. I might go for one all. One all. Done. Uh, one nil to Exeter. I think another similar kind of game to to the Cambridge one, in which Exeter just they had just have enough to edge them out in the end. Mm. And Ollie, I'll go with Jamie. One all draw. Hard for oh, hard for mm. draw. Could be a, a tricky afternoon then by the sounds of Brexit. The panel. Um, we've had um, another question from Dominic Carswell. Um, he's asked about any changes before the end of the season, uh, before the transfer window. Sorry, um, David. I mean, to close to the club. Any ideas at all? Uh, it doesn't look like it, to be honest. Um, Paul Tisdale said, you know, there might be one or two very tiny irons in the fire, but I think part of that might depend on if they get any bids for someone like David Wheeler. But you know, if he's injured, that's not going to happen, is it? So, um, you know, obviously Tyler Harvey's gone, gone back to. So I'm not signing him. So uh, as far as I, I can see, nothing, nothing happening to mm. is, is that more due to financial constraints, or more because Tisdale's sort of happy with his squad and doesn't feel the urge to to tinker with it too much? Um, probably six of one, half of the other. You know, I'm sure Paul Tisdale, as everyone would, would like to see another right back in the squad, but um, you know, they obviously don't have the money to, to bring one in, so there's not much they can do. So uh, just got to make do with what they got, I guess. Mm. Well, on that note, and Rodney's contacting us, asked who would replace Pierce Sweeney if he was injured. I mean, Jamie, before I mean, before we even get to that, you know, is the lack of cover at right back a concern? Yeah, I think we mentioned it before. Um, you know, obviously he's done well, Sweeney, but I think he's still perhaps getting used to that position. He doesn't really, I don't think, get as forward as someone like Jack Stacey did, but he does get stuck in and defends well. Um, I actually had to remind myself earlier that the new transfer window changes for the loan window, that, that they've scrapped the emergency loan window. Mm-hmm. So if you were to bring in someone on loan, it would have to be before you know, August the 31st. So maybe we could see someone coming in there. Um, but, you know, obviously Sweeney's, you know, he's done well. You know, he's played, I think he's played every minute of every game so far. Um, and But, yeah, there is definitely that, that worry. Um, Obviously, you might have to maybe switch with, I don't know, set about playing now. Or we've got, I can't remember his name uh, from the academy. Yeah, Sam Haynes. Sam Haynes. Maybe he could come in, but you know that would be a big ask for him. So to, to it's Kyle Egan could be recalled 
from his loan as well as a as an option if if you are short. But you are sort of you know you know you don't you know, Jake Taylor could play out of position there. It wouldn't feel. The thing is, it's, it's going to happen at some point, isn't it? Surely, Pearson, you can't play every minute yeah. of every yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Season, yeah. So, um, you'd be looking at the sort of Jake Taylor out of position. I mean, I think Jordan Tilson might have to play there. Something you know, sort of. Yeah, Troy Archibald Henville possibly. Mm. Again, you you know, you look at that and you're thinking you're not entirely comfortable with any of the suggestions. I think Paul Tisdale will probably would go, well look who's get pick the guy out the pick Sam Haynes possibly out the youth team. Purely as you know, if he's the specialist at right back and he you know, is your youth team you know, you're playing in the under eighteens, you kinda want them to be not that far away that if you know, your first choice players are injured and you, you, you want to be able to say, okay, well, we can put, we can select them if you know, if you don't have faith in them, then it suggests you know entirely you know there's, there's issues with the youth system. But we've seen the youth system at City seems fine. Players keep coming through, so there's no reason to suggest that you know if you're, you're playing regularly for the under 18s, you're probably not that far away from being good enough to make the Exeter City squad. Mm. I think we'd see a switch to something like three five two or something like that and put Jake Taylor at wing back or, or maybe even Lloyd James at wing back. Just uh you know, it's a, a formation City played last season at the times and it seemed to work, so uh if you know why risk putting a youth player in when, you know, he's not made any senior appearances when he could just uh switch formation. Mm. I'm wondering if I'll rue the comments about Pierce Sweeney and we'll probably come back here in May and find out he has played every game <laughs> of every game. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see. Um, another question from Exeter City Pauls. He's, uh, he's asked, is this, is this Jay's year? He's had time to adapt and hasn't yet started as a regular. I presume he means Matt Jay. Yeah. From that, I mean, um, well, I mean he, he's been around the club for a little while now, hasn't he, Matt Jay? And uh, yeah, as Exeter Pauls has struggled to really kind of cement a place in the team. Um, David, could it be his year, do you think? Um, I don't know. I, I think if he is going to break it, break through, it will be sort of this season when there perhaps isn't as much competition for places now. Ollie Watkins is gone, um, and you know I, I, a lot of the, the squad players rate him really highly. You know they say he's quite skillful and quite quite you know quite quick, but I, I think his issue is always you know just the sort of physical presence because he's obviously quite short and you know not not sort of well built or anything like that. So you know you probably worry about him. Going up against a long ball against someone, for example, but yeah, you know, I, you know, I would like to see him get involved and just see, you know, he, he played quite well in the Czech trophy, uh, trophy games last season. So uh, if we see him involved in those games again this season, it could lead to him get winning a place on the side, I suppose. Jamie, can you see him featuring much? Yeah, I mean, I think people forget that. You know, people say, "Oh, he's young, he's an academy player," but as you said, he's actually been around quite a while. He's, you know, plays the odd um, little game and gets shipped out on loan. Um, so yeah, it will be a big year for him. I think you know he's been given his chance. He's had a, a solid pre-season. Um, he's been, you know, in the the squad so far. Um, you know, obviously we've got checker trade games coming up. That maybe has a chance to to shine. Um, but you know, I, yeah, I think it, a lot depends on what happens this year because you know, for me, if he gets put out on loan again this this season, that might be a suggestion that he's on his way out but you know as David said I think a lot of people think very highly of him he's been given a lot of praise from, from fans and, and players from what we have seen of him um, so yeah I'd like to see him 
get a chance because we've seen over the years players, young players perhaps come through, they play the old game, they look promising, get sent out on loan to Truro or Dorchester and that's the last you see of them. So um, yeah, it's going to be a big few weeks for them I think. Mm. Right, we'll see how he, uh, see how he gets on. Alright, that's everything from um, Grecian's Gossip this week. Thanks very much for joining us and uh, tune in next week to uh, hear more. To uh, hear more. To uh, hear more.